It's not really a shock, but it's still sad. Looks like it's the end of the Oakland A's. You are locked on MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On MLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. That's Game Time. I am, by the way, an Emmy-nominated television producer who has been a baseball podcaster for well over a decade now. I'm now in my fifth season as a host here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. You can follow the show at Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter and Instagram. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Or you can follow me. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. And if you happen to be one of the people who are following us every single day, we've got a couple of people who have been writing to me about that. It's uh, Everyday Sully. Just hashtag Everyday Sully. Let me know if you're listening. I uh, got a couple of nice uh, uh, tweets from some people who are following the uh, the podcast. There are a couple of Everyday Sullys out there. Um, uh, Jack Waters said to me great episode about the other day when i went on talk about how we can't deprive ourselves of joy because a baseball player or a singer doesn't share our political views okay and he said that's great we can't deprive ourselves of joy and thanks so much um thanks so much for listening to us and i had another one. Oh, i think it was on the youtube i'll i'll do that one a little bit later uh but the fact of the matter is uh thanks for listening thanks for supporting the show and let people know let people know that we're around um you know, I'm not going to go so much into the games today. Connor Joe got a big, big home run, and the Pirates held on. The Pirates have a winning record. It's late April. That's a winning record. That's If you want to be a surprise team, it looks like they're going to go into May with a winning record, which is pretty good. Um, there's rumors going around. Jeff Passon wrote a thing about how Otani will probably skedaddle if the Angels are not a contender. Well, the Angels are a losing team right now. And... This is when things are going to get interesting for the Angels. They they lost to the Yankees 9-3. to They were tripled up by the Yankees. After losing the series to the Red Sox, they lost the series to the Yankees. Um, they're, they're a game under 500. By the way, the Red Sox have climbed back to 500 after Verdugo and company just absolutely clobbered Minnesota 11-5. Um, yeah, the Angels are going to have to start winning soon otherwise if they look if they have a mediocre april and a mediocre may and you're a third of the way through the season and otani will all but certainly ski and then daddle kind of have to think you may have to trade him um the diamondbacks and the actually the diamondbacks Padres game is still going on right now so i should probably hold off on that uh the dodgers won the game there they've climbed back to 500 they're gonna be fine folks they're going to be fine. They'll fix the shortstop hole. They'll do something else. And uh, the Mets got a couple of big home runs. Sean Maniah. Remember everyone won Sean Maniah at one point? He's been bad. Um, Senga won again. The Mets, they're, they're dusting themselves off. They're fine. All right. Um, obviously, the A's are the big news. And we're going to talk about the A's segments two and three. The other day, I brought up a potential let's swap 
bad contracts. I said, well, Aaron Hicks of the Yankees has a big, huge contract, and they have no place for him, especially once Harrison Bader comes back. Madison Bumgarner has been nothing short of a disaster with Arizona. Maybe swap him. Well, the minute I hit publish on that, Madison Bumgarner's designated for assignment. And basically it was the D-back saying, we'll pay you. We know we have to pay you. We're in first place. We're better off without you here. And the best big game pitcher of the 2010s is essentially going to be, you know, unless someone wants to pick up the contract, which I don't see that happening, it's about to be sent off to the world. All right. I have a couple of ideas of what's going to happen with him. And I think realistically, there are four scenarios for Madison Bumgarner. And any team would be smart to take a flyer on him because he is a, you know, in his career, was one of the best big game pitchers I've ever seen in my life. Now, when a pitcher falls apart, a lot of times they don't put the pieces back together. However, you could be able to hope to catch lightning in a bottle with him. Or remember what what, what was one of his greatest accomplishments in his postseason history was coming out of the bullpen in game seven of the 2014 World Series where he pitched the final five innings to clinch the World Series. What if someone finds out that you got a good left-handed pitcher? Hey, we're not asking you to go seven. Give us two. Well, he's a huge ace pitcher. No, he's someone you can pick up for practically nothing. He'll get, he'll add some depth. And maybe you can find out, like, yeah, his starting pitching days are over, but you're only asking him to throw one or maybe two innings, add a couple of years to his career. I don't know. I I would give it a shot, but I would first find take a flyer to see if he could be a starting pitcher. You're one a very obvious landing, or there, there are two very obvious landing spots because they've had injuries to their pitching staff. You have uh you know the Yankees suddenly have a thin pitching staff and injuries to the Milwaukee Brewers. And, you know, the Brewers are currently in first place. The Yankees are, you know, uh, uh, certainly going to be a playoff team this year. They haven't caught the Rays yet, but they're certainly going to be a playoff team. And you take a flyer on them. Now, St. Louis seems to be like the swimming pool and cocoon, and people just show up to St. Louis, and all of a sudden they start pitching well again. Again, you can find a new role for him. You know, he could become an effective reliever or a spot starter or something like that. Now, where I think, now, of course, another place he could wind up, he could wind up with the Mets, who obviously have injury to Verlander, have the suspension to Scherzer. Why not bring in another big star from the twenty for the mid-2010s to, to clinch something there? He could also go to Tampa Bay. And this would be perfect for Tampa Bay because... Again, he's a recognizable pitcher. He comes in. You're not asking the world from him. Costs him virtually nothing. If they catch lightning in a bottle, great. And obviously, he doesn't wither in the postseason. Or if it doesn't work out, you just say, scram. I, I, I'm i not the only one to say this. If he's going to go somewhere, I think he's going to go to Texas, where he can have his reunion with Bruce Bochy. And if Boach comes up to him, I've turned my dad. My dad always used to call Boachy Boach. If Boach comes up to him and says, uh, here, here's what we're going to do, Mar- Mad Bum. I always hated that name, Mad Bum. Here's what we're going to do, Marison. Why is he Elvis? I don't know. That's my Bruce Boachy. What you're going to do is you're going to be my lefty. You're going to be my lefty. I'm going to come in and give, give me you know, two innings a game, 
three days a, a week or put you in rotation or do something. I, I, I would really be intrigued to see Bumgarner as a reliever. But either way, you know, a reunion with Bochi, you're not asking him to be the ace. And it would be perfect because the the Rangers are filled with pitchers from the 2010s with, who are either fading or with injury issues. He would fit in perfectly. I think he's an ideal fit for the Texas Rangers who are in first place at this particular moment and give him a chance. Find what his find out what his role would be. You know, and you know, obviously Cardinals, Brewers, Yankees, Mets, Rays, these are all interesting places for him to potentially go to. I don't think he's going back to the Giants, but uh, you know, those are the places I think he's gonna wind up. And if it winds up working out for him, great. Fantastic. What what possible risk is there when it's a designated for assignment situation so look at uh and it makes sense for the diamondbacks so basically say look at we can't afford to pitch this guy every five games it's obviously not going to work for us i'm sure they try to get rid of a salary we can't so we're going to have to pay him but it, it you know it's worth it for us to pay him to play elsewhere now playing elsewhere is sadly the topic of the second part of our show. And, uh, you know, we all know, we all know it was coming. And yet for some reason, it still kind of sort of hurts. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I was sending a text to a friend of mine who's a big sports fan up in the Bay area. And we went to a sharks game together, uh, when I was last up there and she texted me saying like, Oh, we should go to a giants game. And I said, we should do is we should go to an A's game while we still can. And uh, look at good tickets are still available. It's not a challenge to get tickets for an A's game, but even with the lack of ticket sales, I recommend you use Game Time for your tickets. Now look at buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. It should be fun, and Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hype over the fun you're going to have. We've all had situations like that where we're trying to find the best deals. Well, some of the great things that Game Time has, the app, flash deals, last-minute tickets, easy to find and buy tickets, images of your seat views. So you say, oh, I'm, I'm not behind a, I guess if you're in Oakland, it would be an opossum. Lowest price guaranteed, event cancellation, all these great, all the great things you would need from there. And you get, as I said, you get images of your seat, and the games I've guaranteed means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So snag tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, use code locked on MLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code locked on MLB for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right. Listen to uh, Jason Burke on Locked On A's. He's a great show. He's been a guest on our show. I asked him last night when I saw the news that you want to quickly do a show, and he was just crushed. 
and I asked him again tonight, and he ha- he actually has, and I've I've linked it on on Sully Baseball on Twitter. I'm going to do the same thing. Locked on MLB Pods. He had a wonderful episode on Thursday about his great disappointment. Um, the A's announced basically in the middle of the night that they were basically buying land in Las Vegas to build the stadium, and the Howard Terminal deal was dead. The The mayor of Oakland was kind of incensed, and she was saying that they were in the middle of negotiations. They thought they were making some progress, and then the A's just said no. Uh, I mean, I've, I've had on, yeah, I've had on people to talk to me about the A's moving to Las Vegas. We had the hosts of Locked On Vegas Nights to talk about it. And, and I, I, I still don't buy Vegas. I still don't buy it. I mean, I'd like to be proven wrong. I don't buy it. I think if they're going to move a team, move them to Portland moving to Nashville, um, you know, you say, well, there's there's no stadium right there. Well, there's not going to be a stadium ready. The lease is going to run out, and they're probably going to play in their minor league park for a couple of years before they build the new ballpark on the Strip. You could have added some seats to the Nashville Stadium or downtown stadium when they play the soccer. It used to be the home of the, uh, the, the Portland Mavericks. Portland and Nashville are – better cities for a baseball team than Las Vegas. But they didn't ask me. Um, Everything about this stinks. It stinks. The ownership uh, basically ran this team into the ground and made it so it was borderline impossible to strike a deal. Uh, The A's have money. Of course they have money. Every owner has money. And the A's have been profitable these last bunch of years because they have been cashing in on uh, on revenue sharing and not putting it back into the product, not on the field. They've raised ticket prices while slashing an already microscopic payroll and done no improvements to the team. None. Don Fisher's a billionaire billionaire he could afford to fix up the freaking stadium so it's not crumbling there's not sewage flowing through it there's not there's not a possum living in the broadcast booth there aren't feral cats feral cats were running around the stadium they major league baseball let the a's die in the vine in a very similar way that they let the Montreal Expos die on the vine. Now, the Expos, whether or not they could have worked then, I think they could work now. Uh, Obviously, the strike killed the possibility of the downtown stadium in Montreal. They could have built the Howard Terminal Stadium. They should have built the stadium in freaking San Jose! There was lots of places to build in San Jose. Yes, I know the Giants had the uh, territorial rights of San Jose. But guess what? If they could work out a deal with the Nationals and the Orioles to splitting those territorial rights, they could have figured out something with the Giants and the A's. Because it's not like the A's were coming in from Kansas City or Philadelphia. Now, they've been here since 1968. 
They should have worked out something there. San Jose was always the place where it should have been, but you could have built the park in the the Coliseum lot. You could have built the Howard Terminal. A lot of places could have built in Fremont. There were a lot of places they could have done this, and they've been dragging this on for literally decades, decades. And look at I, I feel badly for Oakland fans. A lot has been written about how. They've lost three teams. They've lost three teams in the span of a few years. Yes, I know the Warriors are still in the region, but you, you don't understand. There was a great pride on the East Bay fans that this was their team. This was their identity, similar to what the Dodgers were and, you know, for Brooklyn. And uh, for something that I see now, the, the love that the city of San Jose has for the Sharks in hockey is based upon that's the San Jose team. That represents them, not San Francisco, who gets all the attention. Oakland had a great identity with their fan base. That No, we're not San Francisco. We have a different feel from San Francisco. We have a different pride from San Francisco. A little bit of a chip on our shoulder. And a wonderful period of time in the 70s, the Warriors, the Raiders, and the A's all won championships. We're almost one right on top of another. Why they weren't called the Oakland Warriors just always bewildered me. Golden State. Now they play in San Francisco. Now the the Oakland Coliseum complex is going to be bulldozed, and they're going to build apartments that nobody can afford to live in. And baseball let this happen. Baseball let them die on the vine. This wonderful franchise filled with some of the most colorful, interesting teams in baseball history. The Charlie Finley A's, one of the only teams in baseball history to win three straight World Series titles. The Billy Ball A's of the early 80s. The Bash Brothers. The Moneyball era, you know, where these no-names were leading the team to the postseason. You know, when we do the suffering index, um, the A's, Oakland fans, are just going to right now shoot to the top. Because not only have they had Year after year, where they win, they, they they get to like game five of the division series, or their one game playoff, they lose them all. But you also are going to have them being taken away. They almost left in 1979. You know that, right? They almost left a bunch of times. They almost left for New Orleans. They almost left for Denver. They almost left for Phoenix. They almost left for here and there. And baseball let this happen. John Fisher could have made improvements to the stadium. John Fisher could have added to the payroll, and he didn't. And the A's were profitable. Oh, we're losing money. No, you're not. And if anyone says the A's are losing money, that's like saying the A's play in New York. It's factually incorrect. And it's the the commissioners who let this happen. You know, why did Wolf buy the A's and not the group led by Reggie Jackson? Because Wolf was the college roommate of Bud Selig. You know, John Fisher inherits a billion dollars and ruins the Oakland A's. Here's what, I mean, look, if they're going to move to Las Vegas, they're going to move to Las Vegas. Fisher has to sell the team. Fisher can't profit from this. And don't tell me they can't do that because... The owners, I mean, the commissioners can block who buys what team. 
McCorp gave the biggest bid to the Red Sox, and they moved Henry, who was the owner of the Marlins, to the Red Sox, and Laurie, who was the owner of the Expos, to the Marlins. They don't allow this person, that, that person. They control all that. So, okay, if you're going to have it be the Las Vegas A's, fine. I mean, I'm, I don't like it, but it looks like that's reality. I can't scream at the tides. But make Fisher sell it. You cannot reward someone for ruining a team. But he's not going to because it's a billionaire boys club. And I've never been part of a billionaire boys club. But alas, that's what's going to happen with the A's, and it's sad. Uh, a person who inherited a lot of money ruined one of the most colorful, fun franchises. And do you know what? If you're in the Bay Area this year, go to an A's game. Go to an A's game. Do you know why? They're fun. It's not a big crowd. It is an ugly stadium. But the fans who are there love their team. Love them. You have the 50th anniversary of the 1974 World Series title being celebrated in Las Vegas. That's a shame. That's a shame. Make Fisher sell the team. This guy who's done nothing to earn the money that he has and has pocketed it, has profited when his team was failing. You're going to reward him? This is who we're going to reward? Make him sell it. You have the, you have the power to do that. Make it sell it. It's interesting. This is not the first time the A's have moved, of course. And I've made the argument, as much as I love the A's and their fans, I've made the argument that when they moved from Kansas City, Oakland was probably the wrong place. With the Giants already in the Bay Area, they, pro they probably should have moved to Dallas or maybe Seattle or maybe San Diego, but they picked Oakland. But when we come back, I want to bring up what would have been, again, an alternate universe if, and follow me here, they didn't move from Kansas City, what would have happened? Would they have been a great team? Because Finley, who owned the A's and were trying to move them all over creation, did a phenomenal job putting together a team that wound up winning three straight titles. And the seeds were in Kansas City. He was, in many ways, a great GM. And you know what? If you want to be a GM, what you should do is play ultimate pro baseball GM. Now listen to me and listen to me well. I have been fascinated by the A's my whole life since I was a kid and playing with my fantasy teams, made-up teams as a general manager, manager, commissioner, whatever it is. And no simulation is better than Pro Baseball GM. The game allows you to manage in every aspect of a franchise, playing through seasons, leading your franchise and fans to glory. When you build a dynasty, like my beloved Honolulu Waves, hire the right coaches and staffs, manage the team finances, scouting, drafting players, navigate your franchise through free agency and the ups and downs of a season. All this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Baseball GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go, play as you want, play when you want to. Locked on to MLB listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code LOCKEDON. That's right, promo code LOCKEDON in the game store. So make sure to check it out. To download the game, visit ProBaseballGM.com, scan the code, or look it up in the app stores. That's ProBaseballGM.com, Ultimate Baseball GM. Start your dynasty today.
the A's almost moved many, many times. They moved from Philadelphia to Kansas City. And uh, in about a month or so, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to post a video that I'm not quite done making about the fact that the A's probably should have been the team to stay in Philadelphia. It should have been the Phillies to move. But uh, a couple of series of events led it for the A's to leave Philadelphia. The A's should be a beloved Philadelphia institution. Instead, the Phillies got to be that. And the A's are now vagabonds. They went to KC, and I did a whole podcast about the fact it was borderline, not borderline, it was collusion between the A's and the Yankees, and part of the great Yankee dynasties of the 50s and 60s had to do with the fact that they were able to use the A's as a major league farm club, and it was a disgrace, and it was collusion, and they got away with it. But then the owner of the A's, Johnson, died, Finley bought the team, the they stopped being a de facto farm team for the Yankees. And he brought in the colorful uniforms and the, the mule and was immediately clashed with Kansas city officials because he wanted a new ballpark, threatened to move them all over the place and ultimately picked Oakland. And they actually played in Oakland longer than they did in Philadelphia. And of course, when Finley owned the team, he was cheap. It was weird. But they also went to the playoffs five straight years. They won three straight World Series titles. The only team other than the Yankees to win three straight World Series were the Oakland A's. And even when free agency hit the A's and Finley started trying to dump his players and they all wound up leaving, and ultimately he was forced to sell the team when he was losing his money, the team was a mess and they thought they were going to move to Denver. But he had the foundation of their next great teams. Ricky Henderson was already in their farm system when Finley was there. Mike Norris, Matt Keogh, all these players who became part of the A's teams that went back to the playoffs in the early 80s. In other words, there was great talent on those A's teams and would have kept that talent going for years and years. Which brings up this what if. When you think about those great A's teams, there are certain players who certainly come to mind. Reggie Jackson obviously the Hall of Famer, the great superstar of those teams. Um, Sal Bando, the great late, the late great Sal Bando, who was their captain on those teams. Uh, Catfish Hunter, Hall of Fame ace on the squad. Blue Moon Odom was a you know, star pitcher. Hit, got some huge games, including probably would have been the ALCS MVP in 1972 if they you know handed that out. Uh, Burt Campanaris was not their big star, but he was their spark plug. And along with Campanaris and Dick Green, they were the cornerstones of a very strong infield. And while he wasn't there for the championship years, Rick Monday, who was the their number one overall pick, was a you know talented player who had some you know showed a lot of ability, and ultimately was swapped for Ken Holtzman. And Dave Duncan was a solid. Uh, catcher for the team and probably their best defensive player and their most consistent offensive player was Joe Rudy. Now, why did I specifically mention all those cornerstones? Rudy, Bando, Jackson, Catfish Hunter, Blue Moon Odom, Campanaris, Dick Green. I'll tell you why. They, every player I just mentioned played for the 1967 Kansas City A's. 
their last year in Kansas City, most of the players who were the foundation of the team that would go on to win three straight World Series were already there. Jackson was greener than his uniforms. Rudy was too young. But Campaneris and Catfish Hunter were established at that point, And Bando was becoming established. And who else was already in their farm system when they were in Kansas City? Vita Blue, who would become their Cy Young Award winner, another ace. Raleigh Fingers, who would go on to become a Hall of Fame closer for them. The pieces that would become the great Oakland teams of the 70s were already in the organization when they were still in Kansas City. And several years after the A's moved to Oakland, baseball hastily, uh, because they were trying to avoid lawsuits and everything like that, hastily expanded in 1969 to create the Royals who played in rickety municipal stadium for a few years before the big shiny new Truman complex opened up, which had Arrowhead stadium for the chiefs and what became Kauffman stadium for the Royals. And lo and behold, that complex still is in use. Unlike all the other parks that were built in the seventies. So what if, even though Finley was constantly butting heads with the city council and the mayors of Kansas City, what if they worked something out and got what would eventually become Kauffman Stadium that became Finley Field or whatever, and the A's stayed in Kansas City? The pieces were already there. Vida Blue, Catfish Hunter, Blue Moon Onum in the rotation, Raleigh Fingers coming out of the bullpen, Jackson, Rudy, Bando, Campaneris, Dick Green, they were all there. Imagine if that great run had taken place in KC. That that great run, Kansas City fans, after years and years of being treated as a de facto farm team, suddenly got to have their name mentioned alongside the Yankees. And imagine Kansas City, which is a solid sports team as it is, doesn't have the Royals for that period of time, who went on to have a wonderful streak and got great fan support through the 70s, all through the 80s. But instead, that was the A's. That was the A's where it was happening. Rudy and Reggie Jackson become great stars in Kansas City history. And this sort of, man, could you imagine a team in Oakland? Now, that would have been weird. I don't think the Bay Area could support two baseball teams. Yeah, probably not. And that would have been, the tragedy of Oakland would have been averted. And A's history going on that way would have, boom, been a KC thing. Now, there's a couple of things that could have happened to that if that had occurred in that way. The American League expansion in 1969 was hastened because of Missouri's threat to sue Major League Baseball. That probably meant that in in that expansion, they hastily created the Seattle Pilots, who had a disastrous one year in Seattle before Bud Selig maybe illegally moved them to Milwaukee to become the Brewers, which led to another lawsuit, which led to the creation of the Seattle Mariners. Well, maybe... Without a hasty expansion, you would have had the Seattle Pilots expand in time for the building of the kingdom. You don't have a Royals expansion. I don't know. Maybe you. Maybe baseball finds itself expanding into Dallas and the Senators stay in Washington. I don't know, and neither do you. 
But the great A's dynasty could have been Kansas City's. Instead, the A's are going to be a phantom team. And in the video I'm making, their legacy in Philadelphia is kind of a phantom legacy. Because you think about Philadelphia and baseball championships, you think about the Phillies, the team that's still there. But all those great teams the A's had in Philadelphia, sure, they have a monument to Connie Mack and you remember them, but that's not where it's rooted. And now you have the four World Series titles in Oakland and all those postseasons that were played with green and gold. All those superstars. Reggie, I, mean, I just rattled off Reggie, Vita Blue, Raleigh Fingers, Catfish Hunter, Joe Reedy. But what about Ricky Henderson? What about Dennis Eckersley? What about Dave Strew? What about Conseco and McGuire and Dave Henderson? What about Giambi? What about friend of the podcast, Sean Doolittle? What about Josh Donaldson? You know, all the great players, all the way, the team that was in the postseason right up until 2020. They all fade away. It would be part of the Bay Area lore, sure. But they're not going to put up a statue to Catfish Hunter around the Giants ballpark. They're not. So it could have been Kansas City. It could have been. It almost was. All right, we're going to talk about games later. Uh, I was originally going to have Nick Morowski on today to talk about the White Sox, but this preempted it. And we're going to get him on probably this weekend. We're also going to talk about Ethan, to Ethan Smith about the surprising Pirates. But uh, and, and please, please listen to Lockdown A's. Jason Burke is a great host, and his thoughts on the A's are quite eloquent. And uh, we're going to go through a great weekend of baseball as well. And I'm going to recap those games in the way that I like to do. We're recording Friday, Saturday, and Sunday and drop it late on Sunday and or early Monday, either one. Lamenting the loss of the A's in Oakland and realizing that Bumgarner's time is done. This has been Locked On MLB for the 21st day of April, 2023. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Oh, A's. Call me Sully. <laughs>